0: All right. Um, I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture: Genesis three and Malachi three. I've been debating on which passages to ask you to turn to today because I've got so many, as always. But we'll start in Genesis three, and then we'll go to Malachi three at another point in the message. I'll put all the scriptures on the screen. We're, we're in a series called Free Indeed. Uh, I know you're enjoying the series. I'm enjoying what God's doing. I think this is one of the most important series God's ever given me. Uh, Would you agree with that? I mean, it's amazing that God is teaching us that we can be free, but we have to know we can be in bondage. And I've been talking about doors that we open to the enemy. It's like a thief at your door and you look through the peephole and you see it's a thief, uh, but you unlock the door and crack it and walk away. And you think that the thief won't come in, but he will come in. And so we've been talking about open doors. And a few weeks ago, we talked about pride. Well, I want to talk to you today about the first open door. This is pride would have been the first door Satan opened. But this is the first door mankind opened, Adam and Eve. First door. And it is such an important door in our lives. And before we get to Genesis 3, uh, let me just read you a scripture to, to clarify how we're going to talk with this and what we're going to talk about next weekend, all right, First uh, John two sixteen says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. I believe these are the three major doors that the enemy comes in through. We talked about the pride of life. We're going to talk about the lust of the eyes, today, and then next weekend, the lust of the flesh, and how to deal with these three open doors, all right? But in the same way, when God spoke to me about pride, I had some ways to identify it. If you remember, I said that many times when I announced that I'm going to speak on pride, the first thought most people have is, I'm proud I don't have pride. (laughs) And then as we identified that we could be confident or trust in our own strength, or our own righteousness, or our, or our own wisdom, and that that's pride, we started seeing pride in all of ourselves, all of us. Well, in the same way, I want to show you how the lust of the eyes manifests three different ways. Here's number one, greed. Now look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It says, now the serpent, that's Satan obviously, was more cunning or more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said? I just want you to notice the first thing he does is cast doubt on the word of God. Did God really say, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, watch very carefully, you will not surely die. Directly contradict the Word of God. Now, let me just stop just for a moment because we're going to talk about tithing some in this message. And it is amazing that it is completely clear that we open ourselves to a curse, that God doesn't curse us, but we open ourselves to a curse when we don't tithe. And it is amazing how many people and even leaders will say, oh, you won't be cursed. It's, it's amazing that they absolutely contradict the Word of God. It's the exact same here. No, you, no, no, God did not mean that. That's not true. Even though God said it, that's not true. He says, you will not surely die. For God knows, let's keep going, that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open. We're talking about the lust of the eyes. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes. We're talking about the lust of the eyes. And a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. They both fell at the same time. Now, Satan's strategy, again, is to simply get you to doubt or question the Word of God. Is it for today is one of the ways Satan gets us to doubt it. He is like a salesman that just wants to keep you talking. You know, just just get you talking so that eventually he can get his foot in the door. And and she saw that it was pleasant to the eyes. Now, here's what's amazing. Most people think that this was the only tree pleasant to the eyes. Let me read you another scripture. Genesis 2, 9 says, out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight. (coughs) Pleasant to the sight. They were were all pleasant to the eyes. There wasn't anything different. But Satan convinced her… There was something different about this tree. This word pleasant, by the way, is sometimes translated, you ready for this? Greed. Or lust. Or desire. The word lust, many times, is, is times translated desire. It was desirous. It, it was, it, there was something about it. She thought that something else would make her happy. That's Greed. She thought, God's holding out on me. Why would God hold out on us? That's what we think sometimes. What kind of God would say to us, you can have all of this, but not that, that's mine. Now, listen to me very carefully, again, because we're going to talk about tithing. And this, please, please, please hear me. If you close every door in your life and don't tithe, you've left a door open to the enemy. And I'll show it to you clearly in Scripture. I'll I'll show it clearly to you in Scripture. And many, many people do this. But here's, here's what happens. She, here's what Adam and Eve did. You know what the first open sin was? They took what belonged to God. That's the tithe. That's, that's what they did. God said, you can have it all except that one. And that's the one they took. Now, why would God do that? He does it according to Deuteronomy 8 and other scriptures. He says, to test you so I can bless you. Because God blesses us when we believe. He blesses us when we live by faith. When he tells us to do something and we do it, then we're blessed. And so God gives us a test. The number, the word tithe, if you're new to, to church, means tenth, one tenth. And, and the, word, the number ten, all through Scripture, represents a test. All through Scripture. I'll, I'll ask you a few questions and all campuses you can answer out loud, okay? How, how many uh, plagues were there? How many times did God test... Pharaoh's heart? Ten. Okay, how many commandments are there? How many times did, now you might not know this one, but the the answer is obvious, okay? (laughs) How many times did God test Israel when they wandered in the wilderness? How many times were Jacob's wages changed? Come on, don't don't fade off on me. How many days was Daniel tested? How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? All right. How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation? How many disciples were there? Well, there are twelve. I just (laughs) tested you. i just just testing you. Okay. But the number ten represents a test. All God's simply doing is testing us. And every two weeks, or how often you get paid, you take a test. Whom are you going to thank? Whom are you going to honor? And will you believe that 90% with God's blessing will go farther than 10%? That's the test. Are you going to live your life by faith or by what the enemy tells you? Because, see, here's what God said. You, you remember there were two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let me just classify for you the tree of life and the tree of death. He said, you eat this tree, you die. God says, this tree's not good for you. Satan said, no, it's good for you. Are you going to believe God? And it, and then their children did the same thing. At least one of them did. Cain did. And let me show you. God represents the tithe through the principle of the firstborn and firstfruits. Let me show you a few scriptures before we get to Malachi. Exodus 13, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, consecrate to me all the firstborn. All, by the way. All. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast. Now watch this. It is mine. In other words, it belongs to me. You have to give me, you have to return to me the firstborn because it belongs to me. Exodus 23, 19, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. The first fruits belong. Now, by the way, notice the word bring. You bring, and notice it doesn't say, and James and Betty agree with this, you don't send it, you're tied to a television ministry. You don't send it to a missionary. You bring it to the house of God and James and Betty tied. They tithe. I'm their pastor, I know. So, it, you, I'm sorry about that. i just, uh, just just tell you, but I do a little checking every now and then. It's just, you know, in case I need to, you know. So, okay. <laughs> okay, and he would agree. They would agree. The tithe is to be brought to the house of the Lord. And I want you to notice, when it talks about the tithe, it never uses the word give. Here's the reason. It always uses the word bring, because you can't give what doesn't belong to you. You can only bring it to the house of God according to the Bible. I've studied it, I'll, I'll bet most more than most of you. Listen to me. Listen, according to the Bible, there's only two things you can do with the tithe. You can bring it to God's house or you can steal it. Those are the only two things you can do. And we return it. It's a return. You don't, you don't give the tithe. That's why you can't direct it. You can't say, I want 5% here and 5% here because it's not yours. You just return it. It's like if, if Pastor Tom... Uh, let's just say that that, uh, I'm going out of town next week. I'm not, but let's say I was going out of town and Pastor Tom said, hey, I've got to get my my car fixed. And uh, I was wondering if I could borrow your truck. I drive a Toyota truck. wonder if I could borrow your truck while I'm gone. I'll drop you and Debbie off the airport. I'll, I'll use your truck, get my car fixed. I'll pick you guys back up. I say yes. So at the end of the the uh, week he comes and picks us up and then he says to me, Robert, listen, Jan and I have been praying and he pulls my keys out and says, we'd like to give you this truck. <laughs> I say, uh, Pastor Tom, you touched in the head. Uh, this, this, you're not giving me this truck. You're returning it. This is my truck. You understand? Okay, that's what we do. Lord, I'd like to give you the tithe. You know what he says? You're not giving it to me. They're returning it to me, it's mine. Here's what they did okay, so the firstborn is to be returned to God and the first fruits. So let me show you what happened with Cain and Abel right after the parents took what belonged to God. Watch what Cain does, Genesis chapter 4. You, you can just flip there, it's just one chapter, verse 3. And in the process of time, now that's very important, these words in the process of time, it came to pass. That Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Notice it never says first fruit. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now watch very carefully what God says. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, now watch, we've been talking about open doors, watch. Sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now this word desire, it says its desire, it's the desire to rule. Satan wants to rule over you. He's right at the door, and here's how he does it. Here's the first sin, you take what belongs to God. Because of the lust of the eyes. You see something you want, a barbecue grill, a car, a house, something. You lust for it in your eyes, so you take what belongs to God. You steal it, and you, ta- and you buy something with it. And I told you the firstborn and first fruits, but let me just show you, just so you know for sure that the tithe belongs to God. Leviticus 27.30 says, And all, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Holy is a big word that means set apart. It's set aside for the Lord. Now I just want you to notice, is the Lord's, all the tithe. What part of all do we not understand? The whole tithe, the whole 10% belongs to God. Um, I tithe online. It's the first thing I do when I get paid. I get paid on the 15th and the last day of the month, where it's the 30th or the 31st. And it, it's automatically, it appears magically in my account, automatically, okay? Here's what I do. On that morning, while I'm having my quiet time, I go online and I send my tithe. It's the first 10% that leaves my account. And for us, it's 20%. I, don't, I never, ever say that to brag. I just simply say that that's something God's called us to do for since 1984. We've done that. And it goes to the church, to the local church. We give over and above that to Life Outreach and other places. But that goes to the local church for us, okay? Here's, you know what I was thinking was really cool this last week? I tithed on Halloween. <laughs> I just thought that was, I just thought it was cool. I just noticed. That's the very first thing I did on Halloween was recognize God. Okay, so greed is the first open door of the lust of the eyes. Here's number two, unbelief. What, why would a person not tithe when the Bible is so clear? Well, really, it's because they don't believe it's for today, they're, they're not bad people. They're really not. I've I, I met a lot of people that, that have a disagreement with me on this issue. They're not bad people. They, they just don't, but Pastor, I just don't believe that that's for today. Okay, I just want to show you this principle though goes all through Scripture. Now, I want you to notice it was way before the law, and, and it goes all the way back even before the law. Now, I'll tell you something that's amazing to me is that uh, I've heard Bible teachers, I've heard pastors, I've seen it printed, I've seen it printed. I don't read the stuff anymore that's against me. Uh, you know, there's stuff out there. But I just, I just felt like the Lord told me not to read it. But I read sometime, and, and one of the guys even that wrote an article against me said uh, how ignorant I was in essence. He said, because the word tithe does not appear in the New Testament. And I've heard people say that. Okay, the word tithe appears eight times in the New Testament. That, that's how blind people can be. Eight times. By the way, the word steal, like stealing, is only in the New Testament 11 times. And three of those are repeats. So because it's only in there really eight times, is it okay to steal? Of course not. Well, it's the same. The word adultery is only 20 times in the New Testament. And five of those are repeats, so 15 really are original. Is it okay to commit adultery? See, it, it, it's it's crazy to me that, that people would 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 say things like this. By the way, the virgin birth is only in the Bible twice. But we believe it once in the Old Testament, once in the New Testament. What why would we why would we all of a sudden say, well, we don't believe that because it's not in the New Testament more? So so there is an unbelief that Satan puts in our heart. So, uh, let me show you a couple of scriptures here. Remember, the first goes to God. God said, bring all of the silver and gold from Jericho into the house of the Lord. Why did he do that? Why didn't he say 10%? It's very simple. Jericho was the first city they conquered. Here's what he's saying. You give me the first one, the rest are blessed. Joshua 6, 19 says, but all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated, that means set apart, to the Lord, they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Again, that's the temple. And then Joshua 7, verse 11, God said, Israel has sinned. And they've transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they've even taken some of the accursed things, now watch this, and have both stolen and deceived. Now, how can you still accept that it belongs to someone else? And they have put it amongst their own stuff. They bought stuff with it themselves. He put it in his tent, but they put it amongst their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel, now watch, this is how it opens a door. I told you, I'd show you clearly. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they had become doomed to destruction. Because they took the tithe. Doomed to destruction. Here's what he's saying. I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to bless them. But they t- they stole, they took what was mine. Therefore, they can't stand before the enemy. God wants to bless you; he does. But he can't bless a thief. Can I say something very strong here? We're the most like God when we give, because God still so loved the world that He gave. We're the most like Satan when we steal. By the way, God begins with a G. Give begins with a G. Satan S steal S. Just so you can always remember, if you steal, you're opening a door to Satan, the thief. If you give, you're opening a door to God, the giver. Now, look at Malachi 3. Uh, This is very, very strong in the area of stealing, but it's going to take it to another level that I've preached on this for many, many years, and I've never seen this level until this week. Never. Malachi chapter 3, look at verse 7. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. Look at me just for a moment. Let me explain something to you. The word ordinance means ordinary principle. It's an ordinary principle. And he's about to talk about tithing. It is an ordinary principle for God's people to return the tithe to him, the first 10% of the income. That's an ordinary principle. It was, some say 400 years before the law, 430. They're going back to Abraham. It was 2,500 years before the law because we can take it back to Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. And it was after the law too. By the way, one of the New Testament scriptures on tithe, has the word tithe, is in red, okay, just Jesus. And you know what he said? You ought to tithe. It's Matthew twenty three, twenty three. He said, you tithe on all this stuff, but you neglect this. This you ought to do without neglecting the other. Okay, that right there, that one scripture would be, would be enough for me. Because I was lost. I don't know how lost you were, but I was lost. And the one who saved me said, you ought to tithe. That's enough for me. That's enough right there. That's Matthew twenty-three, twenty-three. That's New Testament, and it's in red, if you like red. Okay. You have gone away from my ordinary principles, and you've not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Now watch what God's answer is. It's is not my answer. It's not a preacher. It's a God. Will a man rob God? Notice how many times you see the word rob or a form of the word rob. Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. This is God talking. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes, that's the whole tithe, not two percent, three, five, or eight. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that's the house of God, that there may be food in my house. Now let me look at me just for a minute. One of the great things I love about Gateway Church is we have food in the house. Do you like do you like being fed? Okay. Okay, one of the reasons is because the majority of gateway tithes. He says, if you tithe, there'll be food in the storehouse. Okay, it's a spiritual principle. Not natural, it's not because we have finances, it's because it's a spiritual blessing. And watch what he says, and try, this word try means test. test. It's the only place God says you can test it. Test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, and see, in essence, what he's saying, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven... And pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And, and, it's kind of like if you call right now. <laughs> and if you want to see closing the door, we're talking about closing the door. Watch what he says. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. In other words, I'll close the door to Satan's attack on your life. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord, Lord of hosts. Now, again, I preached on this past. meantime, I saw something I'd never seen, and the Lord had to actually remind me of something that's not a great memory for me, but I'm going to tell you anyway, because uh, all of you know I have a bad past. Um, he uses the word robbed here. There's a difference between theft and robbery. Theft is, let's say someone leaves his his garage door open, and you go in, even if the garage door is open, not even breaking and entering, but you take something that doesn't belong to you from someone who's not at home. That's a theft, okay? But if the man is asleep in his bed, and you take something out of his garage... And the garage was open, and you didn't wake him up, and that was just, it, it, okay, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to forgive him. But anyway, the point is, that charge is robbery. Okay, I found that out, that there's a difference <clears throat> between theft and robbery, because the guy was asleep in his bed, and I never woke, I mean, the guy that did this never woke him up. <clears throat> but there's a difference. Robbing is when the guy's home. God says you robbed me. You want to know why? Cuz he's in the house. And we come to the house of God. And we walk past the offering box with the tithe still in our pocket. That's robbery. I've never seen that before in my life. It's not just stealing. It's robbing. And God's the one. I did not use these words. God said, you've robbed me. You took what belonged to me. And you you brought a curse on yourself. And I don't want you to be cursed. Matter of fact, I want you to be blessed. And I would like to rebuke the devourer for your sake. But you'll have to bring the tithe into the storehouse for me to be able to do this. I've seen this this many times. I'm not saying everything's perfect in my life. I'm not saying that I've had the perfect life because I've been a tither. I've done, you know, God can protect you, but sometimes he can't protect you from yourself. You you ever seen that? One time, Debbie and I were going to clean the garage out. So she said, you know, back the cars out. So I backed one car out, and then I backed the other car out into the car I just backed out. (laughs) That's a tough call to make to the insurance company. Yes, I, I, I hit someone. Who'd you hit? Me. And the guy didn't get it. He said, is the other person insured? I said, he has the exact same coverage I have. So I'm not saying that everything has gone perfect. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying everything goes perfect when you tie. But I also remember one time that Debbie and I had a contract on a house that we thought was the perfect house, and there was a big flood before, and the house we had the contract on, Debbie was actually on the phone, and on the news came the house that we had the contract on. The helicopter was showing that house, and it had four foot of water in it. And, I, and we, of course, we got out of the contract. But I remember saying to the Lord, and I was thinking like a man, and I shouldn't have been, but I was thinking about the money God saved me. Here's what the Lord said to me. He said, son, you were out of town, and you had three small children, and that water rose four feet in 20 minutes. He said, I'm going to save you financially. I save your kids. So there, there's a benefit to being under God's umbrella of protection And we step out from under that because Satan gets us to not believe that God's Word is for today. By the way, right before we just read Malachi 3, we started in verse 7. I could have started in verse 6. Here's what verse 6 says. I am the Lord. I do not change. These are my ordinary principles. I don't change. All right, let me show you the the last open door here for the lust of the eyes. Fear. 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 Luke 22, Luke 22 says, and I'll just read it to you. You might not have time to turn to it. It says, then Satan entered Judas. That shows he enters humans. Surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the 12. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. Okay. Was there an open door in his life? I think it was fear. And I'm going to read you a little more about Judas. John 12, verse 1 says, Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he would raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. By the way, this represents a tithe. I think it means the house is filled with the presence of God. the the presence of the Holy Spirit, when we all tithe. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii, by the way, that's a year's wage, and given to the poor? Now watch very carefully. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. Remember who else is a thief? And Satan entered the thief. And he had the money box, that's the offering box, they didn't have it on walls because they traveled around. They carried it around with them. And he used to take what was put in it. He used to take money out of the offering box. Now, I don't, I don't think anyone here would take money out of our offering boxes. I really, I really don't think that you would do that. But let me just ask you something. That money in the offering box belongs to God. It's the tithe. that belongs to God. Is it the same When we don't put money in the offering box that belongs to God, is it the same as if we took it out? Are we becoming thieves and giving Satan the right to enter us? Because that's what happened with Judas. Um, Let me show you just, just just a hair more about what he sold him for. I think he did it for fear. I think he realized Jesus wasn't going to set up an earthly kingdom, so he was trying to... He was afraid. And a lot of people don't tithe for fear of the future. That's the open door, fear. Matthew 26, 15, Judas said, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. Matthew 27, 3, then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he'd been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I've sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple, He's in church now, in the temple, and departed and went and hanged himself. But the chief priest took the silver piece and said, it's not lawful to put them into the treasury because they're the price of blood. Okay, listen. Do you know where they got the 30 pieces of silver in the first place? From the treasury. They said, it's not lawful to put it into the treasury or back into the treasury. So they went, it says, and they bought a field, and it's prophesied in Scripture. They do it. It's called the field of blood. Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to tell you something maybe you've never thought of or heard in your life. They took tithe money to betray Jesus. Now, here is what most of us here would think. I would never do that. But I'm going to ask you a very, very hard question. Would you betray Jesus for 10%? And if you would... You're opening a door to Satan. By the way, do you know what 30 pieces of silver is? Do you know why it was exactly 30 pieces of silver? Uh, Exodus twenty-one thirty-two says, If the ox gores a male or female servant, he shall give to their master 30 shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. Okay, here's the, the 30 pieces of silver was the price of a slave. A sl- we're talking about bondage, believers being in bondage. Listen very, very carefully. Please, please, please hear me. They betrayed Jesus with the tithe. It was 30 pieces of silver. Listen, it's the price of bondage. That's what it is. When you don't return to God what belongs to God, you become a slave. You go into bondage. This uh, past week, I was eating in a restaurant And a waitress came up and talked to me that comes to the church here. She's a single mother. About three months I was eating in that restaurant, uh, about two or three months ago, uh, with a pastor friend of mine. And she came to the table and told us she'd just started coming to the church and said, that's great. And when she brought us our food, this pastor friend of mine said, is there anything we can pray with you about when we bless our food? And she started crying. And she said, "Well, I've just started coming to church, but I, I'm a single mother, and I'm really, really worried about my son, and the lots of difficulties going through and things." And so I said, "Well, we're going to pray for you." So we prayed for her. After that, I, I said, "Give me a contact information for you. I'm going to get it to. We have a ministry to single parents. We love to minister to single parents, and our, I, I, I talked to the person over single parents, Pastor Samantha Golden." And I had her contact. We got her involved. Okay, so this week she comes to me. She says, I have to tell you, they called me. I'm involved in the ministry now. Everything's changed. My whole life's changed. My son's changed. Everything. She said, but I have to tell you when it happened. She said, I started going. I started going to class, started doing all that. But she said, I was sitting in church, and the Lord said to me, when are you going to return to me what belongs to me? She's a single mom. And listen, this is what she said to me this last week. She said, the day I started tithing, everything changed. Everything changed. Here's what she was saying. I closed the door to Satan in my life. Please, please hear me. Please hear me. If you don't know me well, you might think I'm preaching to to get more offerings. That's the furthest thing from the truth. If, If you know me well, you know it's the furthest thing from the truth. I'm preaching this because I love you. I don't want the devourer having an open door in your life. And I have watched hundreds, probably thousands of people close this door to Satan and their whole life change. Don't leave the original door that was opened to Satan. Don't leave it open. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Is it fear? You have fear of the future? Fear if you give to God, you won't have enough? Is that the reason that you don't do this? Is it unbelief that the enemy has talked you into believing this is not New Testament, or it was under the law, or it's not for today, or it's not a principle that works? Or is it greed? And that's hard to admit for many of us, that we want more. We want nicer things. And that's okay to want nicer things. But those nicer things come from God's blessing, not from us robbing God. And here's my challenge for you. God said, test me. Test me. I'm asking you to put him to the test. I'd like for you to do it today before you leave. I'd like for you to do it the next time you get paid as quickly as you can Will you close this door in your life. Repent. You say, well, should I go back and make recompense? Listen, Jesus made recompense. I had a, a very wealthy person ask me one time, should I go back? I said, no, the Bible doesn't. Some pre- preachers teach that and they pocket the money. I don't preach that. I'm not saying you got to go back and make recompense. You, how could you make recompense for your other sins? We well, just repent. Just repent and start today doing what's right and close this door in your life. And we want to pray for you. No matter what area you're dealing with, we want to pray for you. At every campus, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have one more worship song. No matter which campus you're attending, we ask no one leave during this time unless you have an emergency or a prior appointment. We understand that. But we ask that no one leave at every campus and in every overflow room. We have some campuses that have overflow right now. So if you're in an overflow room, here's what we're going to do. Every campus, every overflow room, as soon as we stand up, I'm gonna ask the altar ministry team and as many as you that can come because we've had record numbers of people at the altar during this series. But if you can come as soon as you can so you'll be ready to pray. If you need prayer for any area of your life, as soon as we stand up, you just stand up, step out and come to the front of whichever room or campus you are attending and come to one of the leaders and let us pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person that has any need for prayer. And Lord, I ask you that you will break this stronghold in people's lives who have struggled in this area for years, and that you will close this door in Jesus' name, amen. I was 19 years old when I gave my life to the Lord, and everything changed. I didn't have any desire to go back to that old life. I wanted to walk with the Lord and learn more about Him. And some people helped me to learn the Bible, and to learn how to pray, and to learn about my new life in Christ. And that's what we want to do for you. I am so excited that you've given your life to the Lord. He's forgiven all of your sins, and you're on your way to heaven. But we need to learn some things now about the Bible, about prayer, about some basics of the Christian life, so that you can be victorious and live for the Lord like I know you want to. So we've designed a class called Fresh Start. And I want to encourage you to sign up for this class because we want to help you grow in your walk with the Lord now. I love you and I'm so proud of you.